Hello to my most wonderful partners, family, and friends. Chad and I, Andrew Jackson in the back. See, want to say your hello, of course. God's people, love you. It's going to be a good day. We're on the 405 in uh, Los Angeles, California. We're here for ministry, and I'm looking forward to it. In fact, at Michelle Corral. So, that's a wonderful pastor we we've known for many 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 years and Lord I thank you for what you're going to show us today now Lord as we talk about your word and the importance of this time we're living in to build a strong foundation in our life for the future we give you all the praise and God's people said amen and I do want to talk to you about how how you can build a mighty foundation for your future spiritually. How to secure your life spiritually for the Lord because of the times we're living in and because of what will be happening on earth as darkness increases on earth but the light of God increasing in our life and our homes and for our future so be encouraged because your future is very very bright brighter than you realize as a believer in Jesus oh thank God for Jesus just the mention of his name causes my heart to leave for joy precious precious holy wonderful Savior well anyways we were talking earlier Chad and myself about the importance. You want to ask me the question, right? Yeah. Okay. Would, Go ahead. I would love to. Go ahead. Uh, well, you're, you, you've been mentioning, sir, that you're really feeling that the times we're coming in, it is so important to be grounded in the Lord. And so it's almost, it's troubling to know that some of our precious brothers and sisters don't have a solid foundation, which then has troubled you to think that they may not last through these tough times. Well, so, I believe, yeah. And so my question uh, is, what can we do to ensure that we have a solid foundation to last, and not even just, not just last, but to thrive during these tough times, sir? Well, quite simple, the Word of God. But here is something I want to talk to all of you about, and I've discussed that with Chad more than once. And dear Jack sitting in the back. The last few days we've been talking about it. And that is, first of all, when you read the scriptures. And I know, you know, uh, we, we can say, well, simply read the Bible. Get to know the Bible. Because only the Word of God can build that foundation in our lives. But the question is, when people read the Bible, they sometimes, some of them, don't understand why... Uh, a certain book was written. Uh, the Bible uh, is books. That's what the word Bible means, by the way. Biblia, books. There are there are more than one book in there, and that's why these books, 66 of them, are so important to understand. So number one, we have to find out why. 
why was a book written because without knowing why uh, it will make no sense we're not grasping the real message of the book so uh, three questions that need to be answered number one who wrote it two why was it written and three the message of the book uh, what did you receive out of it yourself so we know of course let's take the epistles of Paul and let's take the book of first Thessalonians a small book uh, why was it written well it was written because the church in Thessalonica north of Athens Greece today was going through severe persecution and Paul the Apostle wrote the book of first Thessalonians to keep the people strong under severe persecution to strengthen a thriving church that was used by God as a witness of strength to the church in Philippi not far from Thessalon uh, Thessalonica the church in Macedonia next door the church in Achaia that's where Corinth was a part of what was called Achaia that's south western Greece so they, the church in Thessalonica was was uh, used by the Lord to to strengthen all churches as an example of strength and witness and Paul uh, found out that they were going through severe persecution and he did not want them to weaken that's the reason the book was written so now if you keep going into Timothy for example why did he write first Timothy he wrote first Timothy that Timothy would establish elders in Ephesus why did he write second Timothy he wrote second Timothy to say goodbye his last goodbye in the whole Bible and to tell Timothy to stay strong and go on in the in the ministry God gave him um, why did you write the book of Titus to establish the church in Crete to ordain elders in Crete a small island not far from Greece uh, why did you write Philemon to bring back a, a young man who was the servant of Philemon uh, who was coming home and he wanted Philemon to receive him so once we have a, a clear cut uh, explanation on why a book was written it solves the problem now you have a grasp so you know uh, dear Chad is reading Hebrews now so Hebrews is one of the most amazing books in the New Testament we don't know who wrote it possibly Paul possibly Apollos possibly Barnabas nobody seems to know but but why was it written well it was written because the early believers the Jewish believers uh, were under such severe persecution many of them wanted to go back to Judaism because at that time as it is today in many parts of the world where persecution is severe 
when when someone comes to faith in Jesus, they are cut off completely from society in many parts of the world today. So uh, in those days, when a believer, a Jewish man or woman became a believer in Jesus, they were thrown out of the synagogue. Now back in those days, to belong to a synagogue gave you security in that society did not cut you out because belonging to a synagogue meant you're accepted as a Jew and protected by the Roman authorities that you're not a cult. And therefore, you could get a job and have a house and have a good life because you were protected. The minute they threw you out of the synagogue, you were cut out, uh, you know, cut out of society, and nobody would hire you. You could you could easily lose your home and everything else. So that's why people in those days were afraid to be thrown out of the synagogue. Remember. So, anyways, that is why he wrote Hebrews. He was writing it because uh, the early Jewish believers wanted to go back to Judaism to be accepted in society and to regain what they lost when it comes to uh, shelter and uh, clothing and food and such things, you know, to, to be taken care of by their families or people. But the writer to the Hebrew said, uh, going back uh, is a mistake. Jesus is better. That's why he wrote in Hebrews 6, he said, uh, and Hebrews 10, of course, which frightened a lot of Christians here, where he said, if we sin willfully, uh, there's no more place for repentance. What he was talking about is apostasy, leaving the faith, in other words. So sinning willfully in Hebrews 6 and 10 uh, wasn't talking about people sinning like we all fail here and there. He was talking about walking away from the faith for good. That's what he meant, willfully. So that gives us comfort. And if you read many of the commentators, that's what they'll tell you. And that's a fact of history. So knowing why a book was written gives you a grasp. Gives you a grasp. So number one. Now, let me also talk about something else that is very important. I think what did us great damage uh, as God's people is when the Bible years ago was divided into chapters and then verses. In the 13th century, think about that, many, many years after the Gospels were written, uh, a, a, a Frenchman decided to put verses in. And what did they do? Well, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, divided the Bible into chapters, which was a big mistake. And then later a Frenchman, who was actually uh, riding in some kind of a vehicle, decided to, for his own self, decided to break the Bible into verses. And uh, from there on, every Bible today, or maybe most Bibles, have chapters and verse. And so when people read the, the text, they lose the, the meaning of the whole message. And, and, and here's something that is so remarkable and sad it is, but that, a, that the church would accept it, 
in, in that chapters today begin over in the wrong place. The message isn't complete. For example, Isaiah 53 uh, should really begin with the last two verses of Isaiah 52. So I think what is Im important, which I've done now for a while and it's really blessed me, is I dismiss the chapters and verses in my mind and I read thoughts. It's absolutely life-changing. Huh? It's absolutely life-changing. Explain why. Uh, you capture the heart of God. That's what it's about. You capture... And you've been doing it. Yeah. Even today, I was I was hiding the, the, the chapters with my thumb as I was reading. Just because I... Because I think sometimes when we even see those numbers, we think, oh, I've read, I've read enough. I've exactly. read enough today. But, but, but I'll you, stop here. You, but you miss the thought. And you miss the bread from heaven oh, that, wants, yeah, that, that wants to nourish us and change our life today. And like, for, for example, when you read Corinthians, I think it is so damaging to read three chapters and stop. Because really, the, the, the thought stops. Ten chapters later, isn't that amazing? And then you 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 continue and it changes. So the thought has got to be followed through. I've said that to a lot of people, and I'm sure you've you've heard me. Some of you, it's so important to understand this. So when you read Genesis, or let's say Exodus, Exodus has. Uh, you know, and the Bible says divide the word rightly. Divide the word rightly it didn't mean put chapter and verse in it. Divide the word rightly means divide the thought of what the Holy Spirit is giving you. And when you see the thought in one place, it changes everything. All right, let me talk to you about something that I heard from another man, man of God who explained it like this. He said, everybody knows... John 3.16 Every one of you knows John 3.16 by heart But how many pe people know John 3.14 Or John 3.15 Or John 3.17 You see the, the verses have done us damage Because we know John 3.16 but we don't know why It was written So let's go to John 3.14 What is the Lord talking about. He's talking about the time when the children of Israel were dying by the hundreds, possibly thousands, for sinning against God. And God sent snakes into the camp of Israel who bit them. And they died. And they came to Moses and said, we've sinned. And he went to the Lord to pray and the Lord said no I, I'm not going to I will not remove the snakes I will uh, I want you to build a, a brazen snake put it on a pole and put it on a hill outside the camp and anyone who is bit needs to go outside of the, of the camp and look at it to be healed that's the cure and so it says and, and the word so, like S-O, has really caused a lot of problems with John 3.16. Because in John 3.14, Jesus said, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And that word so means in like manner. 
or thus. So today people say, for God so loved the world, like so much loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. Well, that word so in John 3.16 is in like manner, or thus. Thus to what? So to what? Why did he say for, for God so? For God thus, in like manner. What manner? John 3.14. You put it together. You see it? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Huh? It's beautiful. You put it together. Yeah. So, in like manner, will the Son of Man be lifted up, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, in like manner, the Son of Man will be lifted up. And now, Jesus said, in like manner, God sent His Son. In For, in like manner, God loves the world, that he sent his only begotten son changes the whole message doesn't it yeah so it's important we're almost coming to our exit shortly okay uh, it's important that we understand uh, look at the Bible as a whole you want to say something contextually not just taking one verse and making a doctrine out of yeah. it that's the context not the text right contextually reading the scriptures and not just taking us one text out and making a doctrine out of it. You got it. Yes, sir, I understand what so, so it's important. That's the way you can build a foundation for your tomorrow by knowing the Bible. So when I say, well, read the Bible, people say, okay, I'm going to read three chapters a day and I'm going to be okay for tomorrow. Yeah, but when you read, why are you reading? Do you know why the message? Do you know why he wrote the book? And are you able to connect the thought together? Now, once you do that, something else happens. You got the whole message for you today, not for what, why they wrote it then. For you today, how do I live my life today knowing the message? So, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119 says. So now the full word is in my life. I receive the fullness of it in my life. And knowing the full mind of God is the only way we can defeat the devil. The only way we can resist him. I talked to you yesterday about how the Lord dealt with temptation. How the, how the Lord resisted the enemy <clears throat> because he knew the word. And Satan never questions the authority of the Bible. Straight. Satan never questions the authority of the Bible, which to me is re remarkable that uh, preachers have questioned the integrity and authority of the word, yet Satan him himself has not. Think about that one. That's like mind-boggling by itself. Because we, we have we cannot build a solid foundation if we don't understand the message and accept it as God's word. You know, when in John 10, the Lord said to the Jewish people, I'm the son of God, and they got angry at him, and he said what to them? He said, are you angry and you say I blaspheme just because I said I'm the son of God? Yet in the law, 
he pointed them back to the Bible. In the law it is written, ye are gods, and the scripture cannot be broken, because the word of God says, the word of God says, okay, you have one and a half, one mile and fourth. In fact, go go to the next exit out. Next exit, yeah. I'm being the navigator today <laughs> on the 405. I lived there for 21 years, so I know this city very, very well. Los Angeles. There it is right there. Goodness gracious. All right. So just go up this, go out this exit here. You may want to go to the right lane slowly. But anyways, back to what, what I was saying. The Lord pointed uh, the Jewish people to the fact that the word of God is the word of God. In, uh, in other words, it's not, uh, it has no human origin. It didn't come from man. And then he said something else. He said, the scripture cannot be broken, means eternal. It's not bound to time and space. It's eternal. It cannot be broken. It's eternal. So God's word must be received. Right here, this is our, our exit on the right. Uh, God's word must be received as his word. Now listen, I'm going to pray with you. But before I do, I need to make sure. Uh, well, actually, I'm still talking because uh, I'm not done talking. Yeah, you turn to the right of the light. Center. So as we as we get, by the way, sorry about all these interruptions. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> dear Chad doesn't end up getting lost and we end up somewhere else. It's a big city here. But I'm telling you this. This is so important to all of us that when we read the Word of God. Number one, we need to know why the book was written. Number two, get to know the thought of that amazing book. The thoughts break them down and then get the whole message and then accept it as God's holy word. And you slowly begin to build doctrine. We have to know the doctrine of the Bible and doctrine is not built by one verse. You can't build doctrine by reading a verse here and a verse there. Doctrine is the whole message of that truth. Whether it's about faith or the second coming or healing or the gifts of the Spirit, you can't just take one verse and build doctrine on it because the Bible explains the Bible. The Word reveals the word and that's why David said your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path it reveals the word daily so it shows me how to walk and where I'm going God's word well any any other questions senores before I okay so now we are we are living <clears throat> in very dangerous days and anything can happen on the world stage that can bring a lot of fear but not to us believers if we are grounded in the word great peace have they that love thy law and nothing will affect or offend them so the reason people uh, are full of fear is because they're not full of the word 
Now some will say, well, I read the Bible. Well, they're not re reading it like I just told you. They're reading it here, there a little, but they're not getting the message of the word, and then they get bored and give up. But when we get the full message of the word, fear cannot be a part of our life. Lord, I thank you for your blessed word. Lord, I pray what I said today will, will help people and bless people, your people. Lord, I pray for each one of them. Keep them strong. Make them stronger. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your people with strength from on high for the coming days. That they will have a foundation under them, unmovable, unshakable. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Tomorrow I will be with you from the hotel so we're not distracted by traffic and by where to go. But it's all right. I think many of you enjoy it when we're in the car because I can still talk about the Lord's Word uh, being here in the car. All right, it's time to give to the Lord's work to bless His blessed work. Oh, what a privilege. What a privilege to give to God's work. What a blessed privilege to be able to say, Lord, here's my seat today because I love you so much and I love your Word so much. There are the three keys to prosperity. Number one, when you love the Lord. That I may cause them who, who love me, it says in Proverbs 1, to inherit substance. The second thing is the Word. When we love the Word of God, it says so in Job 22, it says so in, in Joshua 1, that we will succeed if we love the Word of God. And number three, we also praise Him for the harvest. Expect the harvest. And that triggers the coming of the harvest when you thank Him for the harvest because now you delight in His promises. God loves it when we delight in His Word and give. So Lord, bless you people as they give because they love you and they love your Word. And now Lord, we all praise you for the harvest. We praise you with all of our hearts that our future is secure also financially. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. All right, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777 and become a partner with our ministry so God can bless you continually. And by the way, we're back on television. Uh, faith, uh, what was Let's See Now? A family broadcasting, I should say. It's on DirecTV and other stations. So be watching. Much love to you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.